Good morning, everyone. Lovely to see you this morning. The Antiques Roadshow is not a program I expected to like, but recently I have been succumbing to its easygoing charm. It's been drawing me in. And one of the things that I've come to like about it is this feature called Better, sorry, Basic Better Best. And if you watch the show, you'll be familiar with it. But if you aren't, we're going to play a quick round of it now. So there should be an image of three lamps on the screen. Now these are three Tiffany and Co lamps. They're floor lamps and they were all designed by Louis or Louis Comfort Tiffany. And he was the son of the founder of Tiffany and Co. And all these lamps were produced between 1890 and the 1920s in New York from the Tiffany and Co. studio. Now these things are not cheap. The basic one is worth around $25,000. The better one sold at auction in 2004 for $317,000. And the best one, well somebody grabbed an absolute bargain on that in Sotheby's in New York in 2017 for the price of $550,000. So I'm gonna give you a couple of minutes to have a chat to your neighbor and you see if you can figure out which one's the basic one, which one's the better one, and which one's the best one. Okay, time's up, time's up. So, the, um, the basic one, I nearly got this wrong at the first service, so I have to concentrate. The basic one is the patinated bronze floor lamp, and it is lamp three, over on that side. <laughs> the, the better one is a Ponsetia floor lamp, and it is on that side. And the best one, well, you've guessed it, it's in the middle, and it's called the Dragonfly Floor Lamp. So well done if you got that right, and you can see the real thing tonight at 8 o'clock on BBC One, <laughs> which will be much better than this version, but the, the thing about all these lamps is that no matter how exquisite their outer beauty is, their true beauty is only properly revealed when the light within them begins to radiate out through the pieces of glass that have been cut and shaped and put together to make something absolutely beautiful. Today, as we finish out the series, looking at the five biblical values of Bangor Parish, we're looking at transform your world. Not the whole world, but your world. That's the people God brings you alongside every day in your workplaces, in your families, in the queue at the supermarket, and we're going to think about what Jesus meant when he said to us, his followers, his disciples, and by extension us, when he said, you are the light of the world. What did Jesus mean by that? Maybe this morning you believe your light doesn't shine as brightly as other people's does. 
but nothing could be further from the truth. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, he has allowed his light to come and live within you, and you already have all you need in terms of power and resources to completely transform your world by shining truth and grace and mercy and love to the people around you. Over the past two years here at Bangor Parish, two and a half years actually, we've been on a journey with Jesus following him as he's led us out onto the streets of this community to say to the 4,200 homes, we are with you. For many of us, it's been a stretching time, but it has been so good to see how the Lord has stirred up hearts for people to join with that and be involved. And it was daunting at times whenever we first went out to knock doors, we took a small team and our knees were knocking together. And that was a really stretching experience. And during this last summer, we decided to put together these barbecues and we would go out to these places in the community and set up a barbecue and invite everybody in the area to come. And again, that was nerve wracking. We didn't know where people were gonna come, what were they gonna say when they arrived? Where, was it gonna rain all day? You know, it was just um, daunting. But all the way through, those things, the Lord has been teaching us things. But I wanna just take a moment to celebrate that and say well done to all of you who helped to make that happen. There was over 45 or 50 people serving on teams all summer to make those barbecues happen. The whole church mobilized, people came along and befriended and met people and it was really good. So well done and it's something to celebrate. Sometimes we've been asking the question, well what is all this about? Is it doing any real good? And that is a worthwhile question to ask. But as I say, the Lord has been teaching us and he wastes nothing. And he's been showing us stuff about himself all the way through this. Reminding us that as we step out in faith and do these things, his good purposes are being worked out, often in ways that we don't even see at the time. And he's been encouraging us to be more and more confident in his power and his authority over all things. And we have sought to respond in that more and more by letting go of our expected outcomes. Often whenever we, as a group, go out and do something or individually we decide to somehow witness for Christ, we have an expected outcome about what that might look like. What might it look like if the Lord shows up and does something in this moment? But I think what he's been teaching us is to just let go of that, not to try and guess what's going to happen. And even if we don't see anything happening, just to trust that his good purposes are being worked out. I think that's a word for us all this morning in our families, in our workplaces, not to lose hope and to shine his light because his good purposes will be worked out. So we want to just let the light of Christ shine and cut away all the baggage. And I believe these lessons that he's been teaching us have the power to transform us as a church and also us as individuals as we become more and more confident to just let that light shine. But what is that light we're talking about? And what does it do? How do we get it to work? In the Bible, light is symbolic of the powerful presence and activity of God. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light was good. And then John, in his gospel, deepens our understanding in the first few verses where he talks about Jesus being the word that was with God and that was God at the beginning. 
Through him all things were created. And then he says this in verse 4. He says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And what he's saying is in the first creation, life came through Jesus, and that life was described as light. And he gave life to everything. And he didn't just wind it up and walked away. He continues to sustain everything by the power of his grace. But the fall came and darkness descended and sin and death took hold in the world. And the whole story of the Old Testament is this return of God's long-promised Messiah coming to free the creation from its bondage to sin and darkness. Israel waited and waited and they repeatedly tried, but unfortunately failed to live up to God's call to be the light to the nations until finally the true light was coming into the world, God in human form, Israel's Messiah, Jesus Christ. And Paul then talks to us in his uh, letter to the Corinthians in verse four, uh, chapter four, verse six, and he says this, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. The moment a person hears the gospel and recognizes that Jesus Christ really is the Son of God, that his death on the cross paid for all human sin, and that he really was raised to life again by the Father, and he's returned to the Father and he sits at his right hand. It's as if God says, let there be light, and all over again, a new creation comes and the old passes away, and a person is made completely new. And the Holy Spirit in that moment comes to live within that person and fill them with Holy Spirit power and light to guide them, to equip them, to encourage them to shine in the world. And that is why Jesus could confidently say to all who follow him, including you and including me, that you are the light of the world. Because it wasn't based on his confidence in human effort, but on the basis of his confidence in the power of God at work in the world through his people. God's good purposes will be worked out. His light will shine in the darkness. The light within us is full of transforming power. So I wonder this morning, how is that working out for you? Are you seeing that transformative power bring life where there's death? Are you seeing it at work every day on a regular basis? In the passage today, Jesus says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. That's what the light inside us does. It brings light to everyone and it should be clearly on display for all to see and that's how it works and it brings transformation. And if you're not seeing it happen this morning, and maybe I'm not seeing it happen this morning. Maybe it's because our lights are under a bowl. And I've been challenged by these verses thinking about that. So what can we do? There's a number of things. And I think, you know, good works is very good. We, we abound and, and should abound in good works and never tire of doing good. And I... I like that. I kind of find the good works are the easy way to shine the light because I'm perfectly happy to turn up on somebody's doorstep and drop them off food and say, God bless you and tell them we're from the church and even pray a bit of a prayer with them. Um, 
or welcome somebody over at the clothing ministry on a Thursday between two and four and smile and be encouraging and help, help them get some clothes and welcome them. And those things are all really good and they all speak of the love and the care of the kingdom. But I'm starting to hear every now and again that catchphrase voice in my head that says, Johnny, that's good, but it's not quite right. Because there's something missing. And we see it if we read the passage from Matthew today where it says in verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others. So that's good. Let your good works shine before others so that they, say, they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So that they may glorify your Father in heaven. And my question is, if we never share the reason why we do the good works with people, will they ever figure out why we're there? Or will they just write Christians off as a bunch of well-meaning, non-offensive kind of weirdos who show up and do good things and we don't really know why? Will those people ever have a life-changing encounter with the light if we don't actually let it shine and talk about the glory of God in the face of Christ and what that light has meant to us and how it's changed us? People need to have a life-changing encounter with the light. We know that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. The light brings transformation, it brings life and all we have to do is let it out. But because of our fear often, and often I've got to say for me at least, it's a fear of not being liked. We put it under a bowl instead of putting it on a stand. And I think this is the specific challenge the Lord is laying, certainly at my feet, and I think at the feet of many of us in this church. And particularly coming off the back of We Are With You and thinking about what's next, you know, that we've been out there doing good works. We've been out there meeting people and being kind and friendly and uh, welcoming, and, and those things are very good. But I feel the Lord is calling us to go deeper into the light with him, to depend on him more, to trust him, to just let the light shine, to say what it is we believe, and not to be oversensitive about how that's going to make the light feel, the dark feel. To just let the light shine. It might not always go well. We may never see what the light does. Jesus doesn't promise that it'll go well, but he does say this to his followers in the Beatitudes, the eight ways that Jesus really sets out for us to be happy in life. And they're very counterintuitive. And the last one, number eight, says this, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Now I can't remember the last time that happened to me because I don't think I've been saying it. He says, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So in the weeks and months ahead, across all areas of mission at Bangor Parish, we're going to try and follow that call to trust more, to step further into the light, to depend on God's love and mercy and goodness and just let the light shine, knowing that that's actually the most loving thing we can do for people we meet. It's not to just welcome them and be friendly. It's actually to take a risk and tell them the truth. As part of that, we're planning to get some people out on the street. And that makes my knees knock together. But we're going to go out there and seek to pray with people and to talk to them about Jesus. Maybe just for an hour on a Saturday morning. And we'll go in twos. And um, if you feel stirred to be part of that, I'd really encourage you to come along. You don't have to feel ready. You just have to turn up. And... 
we'll go out together and we'll all share that sense of apprehension, but we'll also support and encourage each other so that we grow in faith and confidence and we grow bolder together and we have more impact in our daily lives together and we help to encourage other people here in the church and say, you know what, we were okay. So if you want to get involved in that, um, speak to myself or speak to Nigel or drop an email to the office and just say you'd like to be involved and you'd like to go out in the street and we'll get in touch with you and organize when that's going to happen and there'll be some training and stuff. I think if we as a church begin to shine and to be that city on a hill that will never be hidden and allow that to empower us in our everyday and share those stories, bring those stories back of what God's doing in each of our lives, in each of our workplaces, in each of our homes during the week, we're going to see more and more transformation within ourselves and within the world that we inhabit as the light brings dead things to life. In our workplaces, we could see addictions being broken and people coming to faith in Jesus. In our families, we can see relationships being mended and people coming to faith in Jesus. On the streets, we can see lives being restored and people coming to faith in Jesus because that's what the light does. And as the light of Christ shines out of us, we really begin also to listen to people. It's not just about transmitting. It's also about listening better and hearing what people are saying and often what they're not saying and speaking to that and letting the light shine into those places. So we might start to say things and use the phrase like, that's really interesting, tell me more. I don't say that enough. I'm often listening to people and thinking, oh yeah, I remember a time that happened to me. I'll tell you about that. But actually to say, do you know what? Tell me more about that. Tell me more about how that made you feel. Was that a struggle for you? How are you coping with that? And in that way, go deeper in the conversation. And be ready in those moments to say, you know what? Um, would it be okay if I shared a story with you about how I kept going when things got really tough when I hit rock bottom? Would it be okay if I told you how I'm managing to hold it together even though everything's falling apart? And then tell them about the difference the light has made for you and let it shine. Don't apologize for it. Just let it shine. Or say, hey, I'm a Christian and uh, I believe there's a God who loves you and loves all of us actually and, and he hears us when we pray and I'd love to pray for you and I'd, I'd love to pray that you would be healed and be bold and know that we live in the now and the not yet and that not every person gets healed and not every person we share the gospel with comes to faith. But trust the fact that God's good purposes are being worked out and the light will shine in the darkness. So I want to challenge you this week to let the light shine and to actually just say the name of Jesus to somebody. If in this next seven days, in conversation, you could look for an opportunity to sensitively say his name, because I think that's the, that's the thing that I'm challenged by. It could be a perfect stranger. It could be someone you know. But you're going to mention the fact that Jesus made a difference. And you're going to say his name. Because we talk a lot about God and we talk a lot about faith. But we've got to say his name. The light has a name. It will feel uncomfortable. The darkness will press in and try and get you to put your light back under a bowl. You'll encounter fear and doubt, but you won't be overcome. As we finish up, I want to show you one more lamp on the screen. 
if we're talking about basic, better, best, this is kind of like the best of the best. This lamp is the most expensive Tiffany lamp ever sold. It sold in 2018 for $3.3 million, which takes my breath away because it's basically made up of pieces of broken glass, but it is very beautiful. But this is what the Lord wants to do in your life. He wants to take all the broken pieces, doubts, fears, lack of faith, failures, weaknesses, and redeem them by bathing them in gospel light. And then he wants to use those broken pieces and fashion them together into something beautiful that speaks of his loving, redemptive power. And he wants us to tell that story to people, humbly, with gentleness and respect. And when we do that, we'll radiate the light and truth and beauty of Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit into our world. The rest's up to God. We don't need to worry what happens, but we just need to put that light on a stand and unashamedly glow and bring light to everyone in the house. So the question I'm going to be asking myself this week, I'm going to ask it to you too. Will you let the light shine this week? We're going to pray. The band are going to come and lead us in the last song. I'll just pray before they lead us in our last song. So Lord, I thank you for your goodness, for the truth, Lord, that you are good, that you love us, and that you have went to the greatest lengths, Lord, to redeem us and bathe us in gospel light and take the broken, shattered fragments of our lives and make them into something beautiful that can speak of your glory, the glory of your hand, the craftsmanship and the majesty of the maker. Lord, forgive us when we lose sight of this and, and settle for a life that is really being lived with our light under a bowl. Lord, we thank you that when we let the light shine, we step more into image bearers. We become who you made us to be and we communicate your good news to the world, Lord, which is the most loving thing we can do. And we pray, Lord, that your word would go out and not return to you void and that the light would shine in the darkness and the transformation would happen in all of our worlds and that we would see that and that we would just glorify our Father in heaven. Lord, restore families, restore children, restore and redeem workplaces. Lord, let your light shine in Jesus' name. Amen.